Hey everyone, today I'm going to do a short. It's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes, maybe hopefully no more than 20. But I want to talk about the sports weekend and what I saw in some of the games, uh, ranging from baseball and football all the way to tonight, the beginning of the NBA season. So let's jump right into it. First and foremost, uh, if you guys remember, I had talked about the Ravens and the Chargers, how I thought that was going to be a high-scoring game. Um, it was going to come down to the wire. Um, unfortunately, it did not happen in that way. The Ravens' defense totally shut down Justin Herbert, which is the first time that we've seen that really happen this year. And uh, let's uh, <clears throat> let's not forget that the Ravens' offense did look good, too, as well. They had three different running backs past their prime, score a touchdown. Lamar Jackson threw for two, and I think he threw for an interception as well. And they played very, very well. Um, It seems that Harbaugh has that system where you can plug in any type of running back, um, even if he's been out of the league for, you know, a year, year and a half, and say like a a Devontae Freeman, and they can produce. The schemes that he has in the running game for them, they are able to produce, whether it's six yards at a time or eight. And you saw that on Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean for the Chargers that they are completely now back down to earth. It just means that they lost to a team that was better than them. I still expect the Chargers to be there in the end fighting for a playoff position. Let's go ahead and let's move on to another game that I saw. Uh, Last night, I saw the Bills and the Titans. I catched about maybe... I want to say maybe about 30 minutes, maybe a half, not a consecutive half of football, but maybe a little bit or most of the first quarter and then most of that fourth quarter. And I'll say this, Tennessee did a really good job of containing Josh Allen for maybe roughly, you know, a quarter and a half of what I saw. But Josh Allen was still effective. He threw, he ran, and he still got to his spots on the field. And Stephon Diggs had... I believe about eight catches. He had a touchdown there as well. And they did pretty well. Um, I did find it funny though that the with these two teams, Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Tennessee Titans, wanted to kind of create the Music City Miracle. If you don't remember, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it happened in 1999. It was a, a wild card playoff game between the Bills and the Titans. Ironically. And it was actually in Tennessee. I remember watching that game, and Frank Wycheck throws it down to Dyson, and he runs all the way down the sideline in what everyone thinks is a forward pass. And I still kind of believe, tend to think that way, even though it's been 20-plus years. And on Monday night, there was a punt, and Tennessee was receiving, and they had one guy receive the ball. Uh, I didn't catch his name. And then they had another, and then he threw it, all the way on the opposite side of the field to another guy that was actually there and they were trying to recreate that again and didn't work Um, it ended up being a forward pass but I found it funny that he was trying to bring up and exercise those demons again against the Bills now they still did end up winning the game behind Derrick Henry's three touchdowns and 130 plus yards it's actually the fifth time that he's done that in his career he's done it more than Emmitt Smith who's done it twice and I believe he did, and I believe also too they were talking about saying that uh, more than uh, Herschel Walker, maybe. I'll have to fact check myself on that, but I know for sure it was definitely Smith. Has only done it twice. 
Needless less to say, Tennessee is looking to be another team that is prime for a deep playoff run. I believe that they will get their shots at the Bills, maybe in the divisional round, in the second round of the playoffs. Or I can see them playing against Kansas City. Uh, those three teams right now are my locks right now for being um, contenders for Super Bowl to represent the AFC. Now let's go ahead and let's move on to a little bit of baseball here real quick um, within the 15 minutes. The ALCS has been surprisingly decent. And this is coming from a Yankee fan. As I've told you before, I'm not a fan of the Astros. I'm definitely not a fan of the Red Sox. I really don't care who wins as long as it's the National League team. And needless to say, Boston's been really good. Kyle Schwarber hit the third Grand Slam of this series. And I think that Boston is going to win the ALCS. Their bats are coming alive at the right time. It pains me to say that. It really, really pains me to say that. Nonetheless to say, their pitching has been good. At least the last couple of games. Even though their bullpen has given up a few runs here and there. but, But their offense has carried them. Whether it's been Kike Hernandez, who probably is the shoe-in for the ALCS MVP at this point, or if it's been J.D. Martinez, and as I've mentioned before, uh, Kyle, <coughs> Kyle Schwartz for them. On the other hand, I still expect this to maybe go six. I, I expect Houston to fight back a little bit. If not, they're done. I think that tonight is very pivotal in game four for Houston to come out aggressive early in the count, maybe not chase too many chase too many balls on the outside, but make sure that they're in the zone and ready to lock in low to hit. So we'll see how that goes. And let's talk about the NLCS for a second. Atlanta's been very surprising. Very, very surprising in the first two games. They've come out, and I remember saying in another episode that both of their home games were really road games, and they've delivered at home. <laughs> but now they're on the road in L.A. It's very hard to play in that place. It's almost... The Dodger Stadium kind of reminds me of Yankee Stadium where sort of there's, that's, there's that lore, all that you know presence, that all presence around it being there and, and remembering the greats, whether it's Kurt Gibson's home run in the, in the World Series against the A's or anything of that nature and... and it kind of it kind of reminds me of that place. So, but I expect Atlanta to go in and, and at least steal one, maybe go up three two, and then it heads back to Atlanta for game six and seven. So maybe this will go seven for sure. We're going to see how the Dodgers respond back. They've played well. The both teams have played well this series so far. Um, it's just that in the last at bats for Atlanta, they've produced the game-winning hits both times. First time for that to happen. And although say it, I kind of see Atlanta being like the 97 Marlins where they just get the hits at the right time. They have, they, they kind of have that similarity where you think, you, you think that they're just there to be there again, but they're capitalizing this time. And I think Freddie Freeman especially is, especially being the heart and soul of the team is kind of 
help kind of give him that spark and that energy and Ozzy Albies too as well and I did see Ronald Cunha even though he's out for the year I think his presence just being in the dugout helps a lot and uplifts the guys and I think that's been a huge key all right so let's talk about basketball for a second and I'll get back to football again and wrap up tonight is the beginning of the NBA season game one you have Nets and Bucks and then the later game you have the Warriors versus the Lakers and I hate to say this but it's just dress rehearsal it's just game one these guys these teams all these teams are going to be playing about 10 to maybe 12 people deep I see it it happens a lot in the first week week and a half before you kind of tweak your rotations you try you kind of see where guys are and you get minutes here and there and Obviously, you have to adjust for uh, injuries as well. So, but it's it's going to be very interesting to see how these teams start out. Meaning, how are they going to run set plays, sort of like a scripted um, set amount of plays before just really getting to read and react? I do expect the Nets to win at home. Um, I think that. Or I think actually no, I think the Nets are on the road. I think it is in Milwaukee. I do expect them to win in Milwaukee. Um, I think Milwaukee is going to be kind of in that lore, that luster of receiving the rings and putting up the banner. It happens every year. It happens in every sport. I saw it the other night with the Penguins and the Lightning in hockey. Um, I think that there's going to be the the energy is going to be loud and live and vivacious in the building but once the game starts it kind of you kind of get hit back to reality and now it's oh, okay we got to get back into defending our title mode that's usually hard to get back into so i expect the nets without Kyrie, to handle business and to get a win um, i can see it being a, a 200 point combined plus game maybe over 250 so maybe a 129 127 game these two teams did score high and often against each other in their games last year and in the playoffs against each other. Um, and as far as the the Warriors and the Lakers go, this is the first night we get to see Russ, LeBron, AD, and the Expendables cast. That's what I'm calling them this year because they're all 30-plus and they all have that experience. We get to see what they're going to be like against the Warriors who are Hopefully, who are hopeful and into returning to the playoffs and making some noise and, and believe that they have a championship caliber team, which I I actually agree with. They are getting Clay back, as I've said, um, around January. And if Steph gets going early and often and can score, give you 32 to 36 a night, which is not impossible for him to do, especially. They have a chance. So this game against the Lakers is not just... It, I think it's it's the early measuring stick bar. Even though, like I said, uh, as before, they are going to probably... All these teams, all four of these teams are going to probably play 10 to 12 guys just to get a feel. Everyone get a feel. Everyone get that lather. Get the butterflies out. Get used to being, being um, on the court again. Uh, but I, I'm really interested to see, too, how in in that Warriors and Lakers game, how Frank Vogel is going to stagger minutes with LeBron and Russ. Both are ball-dominant, ball-handling players. 
I'm not going to call LeBron a guard because he is listed as a forward. He's more of a power forward at this time in his career. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what sets are going to be done. Uh, I'm not sure who is going to start at the two and who's going to start at the five tonight for the Lakers. Uh, there's been reports that it's probably going to be Kent Bazemore starting at the two, which it, and ideally and idealistically isn't bad. And I, I would really like to see like a uh, Malik Monk out there to kind of space the floor even more. He's a little bit better shooter than Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore has been a really good shooter for his career too, as well. And at the five, you have Anthony, or you have Anthony Davis who can play that five, and you could push, say, a Camrell Anthony into that four spot if Frank Vogel is going that way. He has mentioned about adjusting lineups from night to night pending, but I don't really see that happening on the first night. I'd, I'd say maybe Andre Drummond or Dwight Howard, pending who's who's more uh, who can who can absorb those Anthony Davis minutes at the four. Who's better suited for that coming off the bench? So this is yet to remain to be seen. So, but let's go ahead now, and I'm going to wrap up here with some football for the last couple of minutes. We have seven teams that are five and one. Or, or better, and five of them are in the NFC, and one of them now, as of today, is in the AFC. That one team being the Ravens, and the five being in the NFC, being the Rams at five and one, the Buccaneers five and one, the Dallas five and one, and Green Bay five and one, and then you have Arizona at six and zero. These seven teams are probably more than likely going to be in the talks for the next four to six weeks of, of title contenders, right? And I was looking at the standings, especially in the NFC, and it's interesting. If the season were to end today, there would be one team that was 3-3, three and three, I believe, or 4-2, and two, and the seeds 1 through 5 or 1 through 6, I believe, would be five and one. No, it would be it would be five teams, one through five. That would be five wins or better. And as you all know, now with there only being one team getting the bye, the number one seed in each division, or excuse me, in each conference getting the bye, that means two through seven playing each other, that's huge. The NFC the NFC kinda reminds me of of the Western Conference in the NBA where you're separated by a game or two and especially in the NFL how many games that they play and how and you know it's only 17 now that's huge so the fact that the fact that Arizona is 6 and 0 you know it may not last but it's important to get those wins early and often so it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the next few months here uh, or next few weeks in the NFL i believe that there's going to be some really high um, matchup key uh, matchup games that are going to be really fun to watch. I'm really interested to see how some teams that are at the 500 mark mark do, especially Kansas City, um, maybe even the Steelers. The Steelers did get another win against Seahawks, even though the Seahawks didn't look bad with Geno. Um, so, but otherwise, than that guys, I hope everyone's having a great Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to record again probably maybe tomorrow on Wednesday or maybe even Thursday. I'll probably do a short on Thursday and record Friday. 
so for the weekend or maybe do a short on Thursday and do my uh, long show on Friday or on Thursday as well. So, but otherwise than that, I hope everyone has a great day. We'll, su- we'll see you later.